Doug Tyrrell History and Comment is available weekdays on iHeartRadio. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Monday, the 16th of January, 2023. Through the woodland, through the valley, comes a horseman wild and free. Tilting at the windmills passing, who can the brave young horseman be? With that line, Gordon Lightfoot begins his treatment of the Spanish classic novel, The Ingenious Gentleman, Don Quixote of La Mancha. The first edition is published in 1605, and the second volume is published ten years later. The novel tells the exploits of Don Quixote, a lower Spanish nobleman who is looking back on the bygone days of chivalry and knight. It's considered the first modern novel and helped establish the modern Spanish language. The character is referred to in other classic works besides Lightfoot's. The musical The Man from La Mancha is a reworking of the character, the musical has Don Quixote singing the song, The Impossible Dream. That song's been covered several times, including by Elvis. To dream the impossible dream To fight the unbeatable foe To bear with unbearable sorrow To run where the brave dare not go the Scottish Parliament ratifies the Act of Union, paving the way for the creation of Great Britain in 1707. The two kingdoms had shared a monarch for a century at this point. This will not end the debate. Less than 40 years later, Bonnie Prince Charlie will challenge the British king. Charlie actually had the stronger claim to the throne, but was Catholic and England had swung Protestant by this time. His grandfather had been deposed, partly over religious tolerance issues. Then there was the recent campaign for Scotland to go back to independence. Thomas Jefferson authors the bill for Virginia legislature that removes the Church of England as the official church of the state of Virginia. It then goes on to enact religious freedom in the state. This will be the precursor to the First Amendment. Oh, the tangled web we weave. Britain and China are having issues in the early 19th century. Britain liked tea and a few other goods the Chinese were good at producing. But they did not want free trade and insisted on payment in silver. This created a serious trade imbalance between the two countries. So Britain begins illegally importing opium into China, selling it for silver and the silver for tea. China protests. Britain attacks and proceeds to win the war. This is known as the First Opium War. On this day in 1841, China cedes Hong Kong to the British. John C. Fremont is appointed the governor of the new California Territory in 1847, just two years before gold is discovered. Fremont will run for president in 1856 as an anti-slavery Republican. The way the Democrats campaigned against him sounds very much like more recent elections including illegally naturalizing thousands of immigrants in the swing state of Pennsylvania. Pretty much business as usual for the Democrats. Frank Zamboni Jr. was born in 1901, trained as an auto mechanic. He and his brother also went into the ice business in Los Angeles in the 1930s. They saw the light when mechanical refrigeration became popular. They turned their equipment into an ice arena in the warm climate city. It's still there and owned by the Zamboni family. But the story only begins there. Ice arenas require frequent grooming as the surface gets chopped up by the many skates. Initially, it took five workers an hour and a half to do the work. 
which is about the time you can skate on fresh ice before it needs more work. Zamboni invented a machine that leveled the ice, picked up the shavings, and laid a fresh new layer of water, which would refreeze quickly. The machine could do the work in 15 minutes, and can still be seen at any arena. There is even a model that fits a long tractor for personal rinks. Explorers finally reached the magnetic South Pole in 1909, after years of failed attempts. We say magnetic pole, as it is different by almost 1,800 miles from the South Geographic Pole, or the point of the axis on which the Earth rotates. As the geographic poles, the sun does not rise or set each day, but rises once in the spring and sets again in the fall. The other day we were discussing Mexico. In 1917, the Zimmermann Telegraph is sent from Germany to Mexico. Germany hopes to lure Mexico into the fray, or at least keep the U.S. out of World War I. They offer Mexico much of the territory they had lost to the states, including Texas, Arizona, and New Mexico. Anthony Joseph Foyt Jr. is 88 years old today. If you know anything about IndyCar racing, we can just leave it there. Foyt began driving his father's open-wheel car around the shop outside of Houston, Texas, much without the elder Foyt's knowledge. Once while looking for a new driver, one of the mechanics said, Let the kid drive. He's got more laps in that car than anyone else. Foyt was the first to win four times at the Indianapolis. Both he and Al Unser, who also won four times, are from a completely different era when the driver was much more isolated and technology non-existent. The latest four-time winner, Helio Castroneves, won his fourth in 2021, but it had been 11 years since his last trip to Victory Lane. Even with all the technology today, it's still a feat to win that race, and luck plays a part. Castroneves has placed second three times, Foyt twice. I may be sentimental, but I don't want to see a five-time winner. Castroneves has a shot, but no one else is even close. The Superman comic strip debuts in 1939. Adolf Hitler is no longer the fiery leader he once was. In 1945, he moves to his hardened underground bunker. He will commit suicide just over three months later, a week before Germany surrenders. At the time the world's largest natural gas pipeline opens, linking Brownsville, Texas to New York City, the year is 1951. This is not the first line to link Texas and the Gulf Coast with the Northeast. This one runs east and then north through the Carolinas. In the 1940s, the inch and big inch pipelines have been built north and then east through Indiana and Illinois to the Northeast. These were for natural gas and petroleum products. Egypt, keeping with its Arab roots, pledges to reconquer Palestine in 1956. They tried in the Six-Day War and got it handed to them. The simple fact is, the Arab world is vast compared to the sliver of land that is the nation of Israel. Yet they're not happy, nor content to let them have this scrap of land. They want them gone. If for no other reason than the endless struggle between these two people groups, the Bible is certainly believable. The Iranian Revolution is growing in 1979. The Shah flees the country. Part of the issue may have been he had become an ineffective monarch due to health issues. He was at odds with the hardline clerics for being too Western. The clerics' idea is to beat the country back into the 8th century. Baseball player Albert Pujols is 43. 2001, President Bill Clinton awards former President Theodore Roosevelt the Medal of Honor for his service in the Spanish-American War. The question begs, why? Not why did he deserve it, but why then? The Spanish-American War was in 1898, 
and Roosevelt had been moldering in his grave since 1909. Three years ago, Congress is moving forward with the first impeachment of Donald J. Trump. The charges were abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Folks, whether you like Donald Trump or not, this was a total circus. Russia was never working the election in Trump's favor. And if you believe that Joe Biden is a nice old guy who's looking out for America, you are delusional. How deep his son, and by extension he is, into the graph from both Ukraine and even worse China, is not going to see the light of day. But the hint is certainly there. Joe wants to tout his blue-collar roots, yet he and his family have how much assets? A lifetime in public service is not lucrative. I default to Harry Truman, a Democrat, I might add, who is quoted as saying the only way to get rich in politics is to be a crook. The classified document issue is only going to get worse. That both Trump and Biden are or were presidents does not make this case equal by any stretch. Many folks at the top levels of government have daily access and need to know to highly classified documents. I have stated that I suspect a lot of basic information about the president, the White House, and Air Force One are classified top secret. But a president having documents in his possession, or a former president, that are marked classified is one thing. As president, it's within his authority if he wants to divulge top secret information in a daily press briefing. That is not the case that applies to Joe Biden as a vice president, nor Hillary as secretary of state. We are in completely different worlds here. Now, it would have been prudent of Joe Biden, while excoriating former President Trump, to have made a sweep of his own areas to clean up any issues that may have been present. Ignorance here does not fly. Neither does the idea of, my private attorneys found these. The question there begs, what level of clearance does the attorneys have? And certainly they do not meet the need-to-know criteria. The last point is very critical. Just because a person has a top-secret clearance does not mean they automatically have access to any top-secret material. They only have access to that information that is needed for their job. Then we can look at the differences between an office in Mar-a-Lago, which is very secure compound with Secret Service protection, versus an office at the Biden Penn Center, which was largely funded by the CHICOMs. The differences are astounding as is the inverse reaction of the Department of Justice and the media. The bias and political wranglings that is clearly present here would make any third-world banana republic proud. That's history and comment for the 16th day of January. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.